Thanks for listening to the first episode of Summary, a new podcast from Brian Wordesheim. Brian is a founding member of the Sumer Group, a private client financial advisory team at Oppenheimer. With the launch of this podcast series, Brian will share views and insights developed during his career. Transparency, authenticity, collaboration, accountability, and humility have been driving forces behind Brian and the Sumer Group's success. And we hope this podcast series reveals lessons learned and wisdom gained during his notable career. Brian is a Los Angeles native, husband and father of two who has spent his entire career as a financial advisor at Oppenheimer. He joined the firm in the early 90s with his brother and current business partner, Jeff. Today, they manage a 12-person team advising over $2.5 billion in client assets. On his 28-year journey, Brian has always been focused on the quality of a relationship over the quantity of relationships. This commitment and philosophy has translated into a business that possesses a 98% client retention rate and a practice that preaches client advocacy and values above all else. As co-founder of the Sumer Group, managing director and member of the firm's prestigious chairman council, Brian serves as the Sumer Group's resident visionary and architect, helping map, plan, and execute on their long-term strategic initiatives. Brian is a frequent speaker at various industry and company events, sharing his views on team building, client advocacy, and other topics that have helped propel the Sumer Group to the industry's elite. Brian and Jeff have earned annual recognition from industry-leading publications, including Forbes, Barron's, and others, being named to their top 100 advisor rankings year after year. For the past two decades, Brian has devoted much of his philanthropic focus to education, mentorship, and college access. Brian is the founder and chairman of the Banyan Foundation and a board member of the Fulfillment Fund, a nonprofit dedicated to college access for our most at-risk and disadvantaged youth in Los Angeles. He also served as a trustee at the Buckley School, where his children were enrolled, and he served on the advisory council for the Grief Center for Entrepreneurial Studies at the USC Marshall School of Business. Let's welcome Brian. Hello, I'm Brian Wordesheim. Welcome to this first edition of The Summary. In this episode, I will be discussing how SUMA and other elite advisory teams put their values and commitment to client advocacy front and center to differentiate and deliver a transcendent relationship to those who have experienced a large-scale liquidity event. To begin, I would like to expand on the importance of our team's values and client values and how this leads to better outcomes while increasing the overall experience for everyone involved. The SUMA Group is a team of 12 investment professionals who come to work every day with a set of common values. Otherwise, our best intentions will not lead to successful outcomes. I am speaking about both traditional values that define us as well as business values that lead to running a more efficient, transparent, and successful business. Traditional values are things like humility, integrity, character, compassion, authenticity, and empathy, values that define who we are and how we look at the world. The business values are less obvious and focus on things like collaboration, communication, transparency, accountability, and advocacy. You know, in our business, you can't really fake it. By that I mean, if your team doesn't possess the values I speak of, you cannot expect your clients to buy in at a high level. Why is this so important? We are not only proud of the traditional and business values that define our team and client relationships, 
but we use this focus to help determine whether a particular family or individual will be a good fit. This must feel good for everyone. And if there isn't alignment, the relationship will not likely stand the test of time. Again, we lay this out in our initial meetings and we believe it sends a very strong and authentic message to people that we are willing to walk away for everyone's benefit if there's not a fit. Just a few weeks ago, we had a meeting with a woman who is likely selling her business to a large conglomerate in the nutrition products industry. In the first five minutes of the call, she said, look, Brian, you come highly recommended by people I trust and I respect. And so I don't even need to see your presentation. In fact, I'm not even sure I could handle going through another presentation. I laughed. Just tell me why I should hire you and not the other four professionals you've met with. My response was simple. I'm not sure you should hire us yet, but after we educate you with complete transparency and help you understand how this business really works, we are going to arm you with a playbook that helps you and your family make the most well-educated and best decision possible. If you end up not hiring us, I can promise you one thing. You will have a deeper understanding about how to go about making this important decision. If our commitment to certain traditional and business values resonates with you, and we all agree there is alignment, you will be hard-pressed to find another team that will advocate for the things that are most important in your life. Let's discuss the mindset of a person who has just experienced a life-changing liquidity event and how we cater to this dynamic. Just about anyone who has experienced a life-changing monetary event, whether by taking their company public, the sale of a private business, the liquidation of a concentrated stock position, or even inheritance, this person is often overwhelmed with the long list of wealth management challenges and objectives in front of them. Generally speaking, these people are highly competitive, focused, driven, and goal-oriented. These are the very qualities that help them get to where they are today. Their mindset at this time is being impacted in mysterious ways by all of these factors. And so the process in front of them will be a test of patience and clear decision-making. Sitting at the advisory tables, we have developed an approach and a philosophy that attempts to bring transparency, a focus on values and client advocacy front and center. Imagine the responsibility involved in making the decision about who is going to guide your family through the myriad issues and challenges someone faces before, during, and after the liquidity event. Most of us would like to be in the enviable position of having experienced this, but now the real fun begins. Well, not really. The wealth management industry has always been rife with conflicts, a lack of transparency, enormous amounts of uninterpretable data, salespeople who are very good at selling, and other nuances that only add to the difficulty of making sense out of what is real and make-believe. This reality allows elite teams to differentiate in ways that leads to sound decision-making. It is not at all uncommon for those in this position to interview three to five professionals who are often referred in at a high level by an accountant, an investment banker, an M&A attorney, and others who have an implied or legal responsibility to ensure their clients are aligned with highly competent and ethical financial advisors. Typical 
is a feeling of more confusion and more anxiety after all the fancy suits and presentation decks have left the room. The prospective client will often rely on their most trusted advisor to help them make the decision when advisors are unable to differentiate in any meaningful way. We make a genuine attempt to appeal to this mindset with a focus on qualitative factors that appeal to their current mindset. Our job is to ask the relevant and the revealing questions to determine where they want to go from here. We have experienced just about every scenario over our careers, but generally the most common thing is, okay, we've done this, it's a lot of money, and now I just wanna make sure we can live the rest of our lives with the lifestyle we've become accustomed to. Sounds simple, right? But unfortunately, bad things do happen to people who have large balance sheets. Taxation, poor investments, too much spending and other bad behaviors can have a very erosive effect on someone's wealth, no matter how large. This fact takes me back to why we must understand what keeps these people up at night. We will know precisely what our marching orders are on the portfolio management side after going through an exhaustive and comprehensive planning process, but we must have an understanding about all of the other challenges these people are facing or will face in the future. We had a situation this past year during COVID where a client hired us after a Zoom call. We were the last group to present and after a long day of meetings for this particular client who was a company founder, we asked them, why were we chosen? This now client simply said, you were the only team that educated us about how your industry and business works. And you did so with a refreshing level of transparency that is often missing. You also didn't talk about performance until the very end. This is an important lesson for any advisor because most tend to focus on performance and other quantitative factors. We've learned how disingenuous it can be to put data in front of clients, especially because it's easy for advisors to make everything look pretty good. We know going in, it's almost implied the founder believes we will do a good job managing the money. So we tend to shift to other subjects that we know are of critical and timely importance to these people. Regarding transparency, we know how confusing it is for people who are trying to make this important decision due to the lack of transparency surrounding fees, how money is getting invested, performance measurement, and other matters relating to how this all works. For this reason, we use this as an opportunity to educate revealing the nuanced and conflicted business we deal with every day. Based on the feedback we get from anyone who has experienced our approach, they value greatly our focus on education and transparency, two qualitative factors that can be elusive in our industry. Before we move on, I think it's important for me to discuss the common mistakes made by people who are making a decision about who will guide their family on wealth and financial planning matters. I can summarize this in the context of the two broad definitions of factors most people rely on to help them. They are qualitative and quantitative factors that help someone make sense out of the world. We do this every day of our lives. An example of a quantitative factor would be performance or how much money do you manage or what is the size of your team. I call this the science because it's something you can generally quantify with technology and with the vast amounts of information at our fingertips. 
it's not that difficult to uncover. I believe most people make the mistake of relying on this information too much to make decisions. The qualitative factors expose the true strengths and weaknesses of any team. And therefore, the line of questioning by anyone interviewing wealth managers should start and end with a series of questions that are penetrating and revealing. This forces the advisor to explain and articulate what makes their team great or not. Examples of this line of questioning tend to be more subjective, and this is why I put this in the art segment of our business and not the science part. If we were to look down the road five years from now, how would I best measure the success of our relationship and know whether or not you were able to meet or exceed our expectations? Tell me about the structure of your team. Is it a vertical team where one person sits at the top with a supporting staff below? Or are you a horizontal team with shared responsibilities, built-in redundancies, and a succession plan that could be executed upon if one of your key partners becomes ill or wants to leave? It is really hard for an advisor to hide from questions of this nature, and they really can't wing it. It is what it is, and if you are paying attention, you will learn an awful lot when listening to their responses. This experience not only highlights the importance of your team structure, but illustrates why this question is so important. In a future podcast, I will elaborate on this important topic because these important questions lead to better decision-making and promotes higher levels of transparency. Of course, performance is always a focus. But the more important question is, where does it fit in as you and your team attempt to differentiate through your commitment to client advocacy, transparency, and values? We are not oblivious to the importance of delivering strong risk-adjusted returns for our clients, and we do. But let me describe how this really works and why we approach it the way we do. Firstly, we have developed an extensive network of professionals who live and work in what we call the liquidity ecosystem every day. We have built a reservoir of credibility based on their experiences with us over many years. Secondly, and as I suggested earlier, the mindset of most people who just sold something significant is one of responsibility, prudence, and conservatism. It's this dynamic that drives the way we address performance and what they should be focused on. Our strong affiliations and established credibility with these professionals, coupled with their mindset toward risk and return, allows us to move beyond performance early in the life of the relationship. This allows us to focus on issues that are likely more time-sensitive and mission-critical. Several years ago, a CPA referred us to a mother-daughter who, after the husband left, were suddenly on their own. Shortly after taking over the relationship, the mom unfortunately had a nervous breakdown and found herself in the hospital. The concerned daughter called us to let us know her mom was hospitalized and that there had been no physician visits in two days. Fortunately, we were able to intervene and brought in a high-level private medical group we used for several clients. And everything changed very quickly for the better. The daughter felt an enormous sense of relief knowing her mother would get the care she needed, and she was just so grateful for our ability to intervene so quickly to deliver what was a life-saving introduction. Again, we are paid to manage money, but often it's our commitment to this notion of client advocacy that takes our relationship to this transcendent level 
that is indeed rare in our industry. I have used the term client advocacy repeatedly throughout this podcast, so I think it's time to spend a minute or two explaining what this really means and why it's so critical to our success and to the quality of life for our clients. In a simplistic definition and in the context of the business we are in, client advocacy is whereby we take ownership of the most important and mission critical aspects of our clients' lives so we can put a plan in place to help solve whatever issue or issues they may be facing. I often talk about the art and science of our business and this clearly falls into the art category because it takes a very specific skill set to be able to not only identify what issues are keeping our clients up at night, but it takes decades of experience and relationships to be able to deliver solutions. They go hand in hand. As I have said earlier, this is a massive and game-changing differentiation for me and our team. Our brand, our reputation, and our success are very much tied to this commitment. About 10 years ago, we were selected as the wealth management team for founders of a nutritional science company. Over the course of two transactions, they had a medium-sized and large-scale liquidity event. My recollection is that this family interviewed 21 advisors and ultimately allocated capital to five. I believe we were given the smallest amount of capital at that time. Ten years later, we are the only one remaining and manage 100% of their liquid net worth. While our performance was above their expectations, this had little to do with why the family ultimately entrusted our team with the vast majority of their wealth. Our ability to listen, identify, and solve for a number of life goals and dreams is how we demonstrated to this family our commitment to enhancing the quality of their lives. While we never took our eye off their portfolios, we were able to focus on the many ways we can move the needle with things that mattered most. Other advisors often ask us why our team wins such a high percentage of cases when we are dealing with folks who have experienced this positive change of circumstance. During this podcast, I've shared my views on several important topics, including values, transparency, client advocacy, performance, and others. It is our commitment to these principles and concepts that drives our success and are the reasons why we have such success in earning the trust of people who have been successful in some way, shape, or form. We truly believe that if we can get on the same page with people who need and want our help, we can together build a partnership that can transcend this dynamic and challenging industry. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the content insightful. If so, please hit the like button and subscribe. My next podcast will focus on the athletic and entertainment industry and how these professionals should be approaching their financial lives and futures during their careers and after they are over.